Brody's ASMR. Brody Bodies must Tap 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 mouth noise mouth noise. I tried to make a noise and I showed up to my tea. Well, that's the cold open. Hello and welcome to another episode of Broly Buddies, the podcast in which we talk about the Netflix adaptation of The Umbrella Academy, episode by episode, with me, Mia. And me, Josh. Today we're talking about episode nine, Changes. Ch-ch-ch-ch-changes. Turn and face the strange. Ch-ch-changes. Let's go straight into the synopsis and then we can talk about the title then. Uh, yeah. Hey, do you want to read it? Vanya veers between shock and despair as she makes a string of unsettling discoveries. A serendipitous development leaves five at loose ends. What do you think of this one? Piss poor. Piss poor? Well, I'll be honest. We'll throw the quick thing out there. Wasn't impressed by the episode. But let's sum up the important components of this episode. Right. One, Vanya kills Leonard and then... Goes to the house, whatever, and that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's always includes. Alison's not dead. Important plot point there, but it's not. A, there's no story to that. She's not dead. It's part of the first one. Number two, Klaus discovers he has new powers or an extension of his power. That feels important. Yes. Number three, we have the whole Hazel Cha Cha like triangle with Agnes combination. That feels like that. That to me are the things that are, that should have been mentioned, and instead we get Vanyavis between shock and despair as she makes a string of unsettling discoveries. Does she make a string of discoveries that are unsettling, or a single one, which is Leonard? Is, well, we all knew it, but she discovers Leonard's a creepy man. That's about it, right? Yeah. There's no discoveries other than the discovery that Luther's a dick. But that's not really a discovery. Uh, a serendipitous development leaves five at loose ends. That's just an extension of Vanya killing Leonard. And he's like, oh, what loose ends? That doesn't cover... Like, I would rather have there. Klaus discovers he has new powers or something. Or Klaus discovers something new about himself. That's a, that's a typical Netflix moment. Klaus discovers something new about himself. And then Hazel and Cha-Cha finally come... To, like, the... I don't know. Hazel... Hazel heads off to find... Hazel visits the Umbrella Academy and Agnes gets a visit from Cha-Cha. Something like that. I don't know what I mean. Throw it in. A serendipitous development. Nah, man. They really... They drop the ball here. Yeah. Sorry, I had a rant there. Is it a serendipitous development? They go to kill Leonard. Yeah. He's already dead. That's it. That's what I mean. It's not... They're making that into a bigger thing than it is. If I were looking at the... Yeah, if I were trying to find an episode... And I was like, oh, yeah, I really want that one where, like, X, Y, Z happens. This wouldn't help me at all. Bad. I'm giving Bad. this... Four. <gasps> a four. Just in case the whisper didn't work. A four. I think that's fair. A fair four. It's missing most information about the episode. And it's doubled up on itself in many ways here by referring to the... Basically to the death of Leonard twice. Unsettling discovery. Leonard's a dick. Fanya kills him. Five discovers Leonard's dead. Yeah, I mean, also, it just seems to have an error in it because there's not a string of unsettling discoveries. Yep. So... Ah, shall we move on Boom. to the episode? Let's do it. 
what did you want to say about the title of the episode? I don't have a lot to say. I just thought that I guess it's... I think that the way that maybe you feel about the episode is kind of reflected in the title in that it's um, one of those episodes that's kind of setting up the next one. And it's like, right, these are the things now that have changed. These are like big things that have happened. Klaus is discovering this new power. I mean, I don't know. Vanya, what? what's up? I drank my tea leaves. Oh, how are you going to tell your future now? Your fortune? Swallow my future. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> what else? What else? Changes. Happens? Yeah, Vanya is like, nope, not Leonard, and becomes, <sighs> realises that her family loves her and she loves her family, and then also, again, changes into something else, which we see at the She end. gets put in a metal cocoon of foamy spikes, mm, mm-hmm. and then she merges as a white butterfly of death. <laughs> Love it. With pretty cool eyes. Mm. I mean, I don't know what else happens. Can we move into the episode from the title? And can we refer to what I think is the biggest mystery of the Umbrella Academy? How did Hargreaves cover up the death of so many maids? I agree. They're not maids, they're nannies. This is not Gilmore Girls. Okay, maids and nannies. Either way, Vanya, the the old-looking four-year-old, keeps murderising her caregivers... Until he's forced to invent robotics and AI capable of keeping her under control. She's terrifying. So we think we this must be before the um, the like flashback things that we see in the last episode because Grace was in that, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is bef- this is like clearly before Hargreaves is like let's. Well, I guess she's like she doesn't want to do her training. I think that maybe this is like we're seeing like how she doesn't really have control because she's a child with massive amounts of power yeah and then this arguably could lead into that bit where he's like you must learn control concentrate seven number seven do you think that she obviously she's four years old but like do you think at least the first time she does it on purpose or do you think like her power just kind of like you know blasts out of her as we have seen it do before when she feels emotions I think that she halfway does it on purpose insofar as four-year-olds act out their emotions mm-hmm. on she purpose. They don't think about, I'm doing this, it's just... But at the same time, it's not like, a, oh, I wasn't aware that happened. Because if you ever see like a child when something happens they're unaware of, mm. they recoil from that and then they shrink up and they're scared. Whereas this is like her very much like, oh, no, no, no. Like there's this big thing because to her it's just like, I'm annoyed at this explosion. Yeah. The same way when she gets annoyed at Hargreaves, explosion of glass. Yes, I feel like also though she doesn't. They t- no one says to her at any point, "You've caused a death. That is bad. This is what death is. You've done a killing." She's like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think she has any concept of like. They might have said that but as a four-year-old. She didn't know what death is. No, I know, but like, that's what I mean. Like, I think it's part of how all of them are just. Until they get a bit older, at least. they Their approach to what Hargreaves is making them is very much... Their morality is grey. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that perhaps she... They say later on, Klaus in particular says, this is Vanya that cries when we stood on ants. Do you yeah. think that was a reaction to her having done these things as a child and not being fully aware of what she's doing? 
she kind of react. That's the thing where she then would be like, "Ah, violence is bad," and she doesn't really know why. But she, but it's probably a deep seated. This is a bad thing that happens. Yeah, especially because, like, I guess a few weeks or maybe months after this, she doesn't think that she has powers at all. She forgets all of this essentially. How do you think they cover up the nanny death? Do you think it's just that, like, Hargreaves being a rich man who's just like, you know what, I can make all this go away? Yes. It's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, just rich white men do whatever they want. Yeah. And they're all, like, foreign women, which... That's true. They do appear to be French, which is still a very developed country that oh, tends no. to take the, like, care of their nationals very seriously. I know, I'm not... I'm not s- I don't think these were illegal immigrants from France. I'm not suggesting they're illegal immigrants. It was, oh. it was more of a, they're not American citizens, so there's not necessarily anyone in the US who's like, oh, my, like, you know. I feel like they would be. Like, they're staying somewhere. Yeah. Where are they staying in the house? They're staying in the house, I think. I feel but like it, he's shipped people even, in. No, even then, this is what I'm saying, though. It's not France. People in France are going to be like, oh... I haven't heard from my aunt or my mum or my sister or my daughter in a while. They're not like, this person was smuggled in somewhere and we don't know where they are. It's, they have a work visa. They're working in America. I haven't heard from them in a long time. What happened to them? Hello, Mr. Hargreaves. My sister is working for you. I haven't heard from her in a while. Je ne sais pas. <laughs> it's disturbing how it's like um, such a comical... It's kind of like quite a... It's a disturbing scene... And it's also disturbing that they do it in, like, quite a comical way. Like, every time Hargreaves comes in and he's like, number seven! Hmm! And, like, the, the you know, the first one, she's, like, singing a song and Vanya's just like, nah, fuck this. I'm gonna... But, yeah, I... It's terrifying. I... Yeah, I find it quite interesting how even at this point, you know, like, the first one is, like all your other brothers and sisters have done have eaten their oatmeal and they've gone off to training. Don't you want to go and join them? Before, like, anything has happened, she's kind of already isolated from the group. She's not part of what they're all doing, which I think... Made it easier to influence that, to put to place that influence upon her later on. Yeah, probably. But also, I don't know, I just wonder... I guess the rest of them have all kind of got... No, they don't really. I was going to say the thing about them being kind of, like, paired off, but they're not. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then towards the end of the scene, when we, we see Grace appear, also with some uh, brilliant, creepy violin music, as she's like, oh, I'm not dead. Here's my neck swiveled around the other way, and my head is facing backwards, and I'm walking backwards, but with my head on the wrong way around. Sorry. So the, this scene... Hmm. Do you think Vanya remembers it? I can't remember much from being for... But when they said you're normal, did they make her forget? Did that make her forget all the things from her using her powers? And does that mean that all the flashbacks we see are her getting her memories back and remembering it? Or is it just flashbacks for the viewer? Interesting. I think it is flashbacks for the viewers, not for, not like Vanya remembering things. Slash, it's Vanya, or like the characters having like, feelings and this is where they're coming from but there's not necessarily that direct link of like i remember this happening you know yes but also well come come to it later but i mean yeah it's the origins of grace that's that's part of the point of this being here yeah as well as how 
terrifying Vanya was as a four-year-old. I think she's quite terrifying as an adult. Oh, this. yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, how terrifying Vanya is as a human. But you wouldn't necessarily expect her to be a terrifying four-year-old. I don't know. But, you know, luckily enough, Grace gets her eventually to eat her oatmeal. And um, such such with such enthusiasm that she picks up her bowl to eat out of it. And that's where... Also, it's really hard to eat porridge from a bowl like that. <laughs> it's quite... It's quite viscous. Do you think part of Vanya's power is that she's actually like a lizard and she's just like... Yeah, I tongue. mean, <laughs> seriously, like... Yeah, like like this horrible... How did she manage to get... I, porridge is not, a, is, not a, is not a bowl drinking like meal. Well, it's not... Uh, yeah. I mean, I was assuming she was sort of licking the bowl, but maybe... Or scraping with the spoon. Did you ever have... I mean, I'm weird, I just realised. Did yeah. you ever have... I'm going to call it raw porridge. I would sometimes just have oats and milk. But not even, like, overnight. Not overnight, just oats and milk. No. Oh, man, I'm weird. Can you... How do you even eat that? Yeah, it's kind of like muesli. I want to try it. It's basically muesli without any of the added stuff. Mm, I suppose so. Man, I really fancy some ready brack. This podcast is sponsored by Ready Brack. It's not. <laughs> I'll be expecting our paycheck from Ready Brack any day in the post now. Who makes Ready Brack? Uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, like, probably Nestle or something. Ready Brack is a porridge brand, for those for, of you who aren't British. For kids. For kids. Um, like instant porridge. Oh, it's made by Weetabix. Mm. Um... Anyway, so she eats all her oatmeal, picks up her bowl, and that's where we get the title for this one, which was cute. The letters appear afterwards. But yeah, the, they came the, up afterwards. But the umbrella was there to start with. Yeah. Which means that Hargreaves has got Umbrella Academy crockery. Everything in that house is branded Umbrella Academy. When do you think he purchased that building? Like, do you think he had it before he had the kids? Yes. Okay. There's, like, pictures of him everywhere. I feel like he's probably, like, inherited it type thing. It feels like one of those things where it's, like, this was passed down through generations. Yeah. Like, his ancestors will have been on the Mayflower and set up that thing in New Amsterdam or some, you know what I mean? Mabes. And then we cut to Leonard and Vanya at the murder house. Obviously, he's taken her back to his house, because why wouldn't he? And I... So... Vanya seems to be like, and she's sort of in a state of shock, covered in blood. Leonard's kind of like, we're going to go, we're going to like, get out of here, it's fine. And then there's an almost loving or caretaking element to it. He's like, right, I'm going to clean you up. She's in the bath. He's like sort of cleaning her up. But then it just turns into this horrible, like him trying to control her thing as the rest of it all is. I did, I think I feel like this is the creepiest Leonard is. Yeah, I like I. This seems horrible. Like he laughs when he says you killed Alison. He also makes it like I think she says like I didn't kill Alison, I lost control or something. Mm. Or like I didn't do it, and then he's like, ha, 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 you killed Alison. Like he's like to him, it's like this. Like when he smirked when at the end of the last episode, it's almost that same thing. If he's just like, oh, you killed Alison. And he does more of that setting her up against them yeah. and the two of them as a team. And Well, he specifically says, we're a team. Yeah. We can fight them together. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? There's going to be a fight. And, like, they're, they're coming for you. Um, they want to hurt you. And he's very explicitly, like, all of this, the things that I think are sometimes more 
implicit he says about sort of being the only one that's on her side the only one he understands that she's special he makes her say that she's special it's so creepy can we go through he goes say it say it for me Mm. say it again obviously Mm -hmm. with her saying in between but like that was that was this is like full on at this point classic manipulative abusive behaviour yeah it's horrible I hated it should we move on from it? Let's move I on. I feel like the main this. I think the main thing you can say here is he amplifies his creep to the level where later actions feel very, very right. Yes. Leonard's got his creep back part two. Leonard lost the rise and fall of Leonard's creep. <laughs> then we go to them turning up with Alison. So we know she's not dead, which we kind of knew before, or guess anyway, but um yeah, so she's not dead. They take her to Dr. Grace and um, it's the we have the scene of the, of of being like, oh, she needs blood. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do it. I look, uh, yeah, I feel like this is, there's a kind of a comic element to this. Yeah. But I feel like the outcome of this has a large impact on Luther and Klaus. Yeah, it definitely does. So the first one, Luther's apparently got ape blood, which I think the way that Pogo says it to him is quite funny. Got what blood? Ape Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wrote Monkey Blood originally, <laughs> but I want to apologise to anyone who is a pedant. I know that they are technically chimpanzees, or at least Pogo is, and they are apes, not monkeys. Yeah. Still. And then Klaus has got polluted blood, does he call it? Contaminated. Contaminated, polluted. And then Diego steps up, like, yeah, I can do this then. And then he just faints. <laughs> yeah. I also loved how Klaus was like, I love needles. And then, yeah, that that contrast with, like, Diego. yeah. <laughs> fainting at the needle yeah but yeah I think I think this scene then leads into like the next one and then also other things are on but I think the fact that you know in particular for Klaus he tries to step up and helps them but he mm. can't because of his drug and then he immediately turns back to the drugs or tries yeah. to in the next scene and I think in all fairness Klaus sobriety hasn't produced any concrete benefits up to this point yeah like he's like oh but look what you've done nah man to be, in all fairness to him he did it so he could see his dead lover who he only saw actually in the day that wasn't so in, in reality he's never seen him he's not been able to really help anyone he feels useless one of his sisters is missing his other sister's like dead dying injured you know, combination of the above mm-hmm. can't help her nothing's going well no one's taking him seriously yeah. that's the big thing as well like no one believes him that he's sober then boom quite literally yeah it's so good. Also, <laughs> um, I like the way that they uh, revealed this, that this thing happened, this thing where Klaus and Ben, or I guess Klaus and at some point, like anyone who is dead are able to make physical contact. Um, by, now, by <laughs> what is he able to? Because I think in speci- specifically Ben says, I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you I know. You did. I- yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said they're able to make physical contact. Yeah, but, I'm, but I'm, what I mean is... So what I need to mention here kind of is that in the comics, one of the powers that the seance, as it is in the comics, you know, has from the start is telekinesis. He's levitating when he comes in. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, with the big thing, they're like, oh, we all knew that the seance had telekinetic abilities or whatever. And that's the hinted at thing. Mm. You know, that his powers are maybe something to do with that. I thought that was what they were hinting at, telekinesis, rather than this connection with the dead. Mm. Do you think it's more that he hit himself with these, with telekinetic... I'm probably reading this too much. Is there a chance that it's actually just that he can almost... Okay. 
It's not that Klaus can make physical contact with them, because mm. that would be a pretty useless power in most situations. Is it that he can make them solid, quotation mm. marks, and actually that's his telekinetic ability, is that he, for example, can make a dead person appear to push something. Like, mm. he's able to... He's almost able to focus his telekinetic abilities through the... He visualises a dead person doing something, and then the telekinetic abilities produce that effect mm, that's really interesting because I was thinking because otherwise it's not what, what would be the point he can touch dead people that's nice but I feel like it's also a very impactful yeah. contact not like a holding hands not a hold it's a which I think the thing to pull out of all of this as well is that Klaus somewhere deep down doesn't really want to be he, he wants to be sober he doesn't want to take the drugs because he somehow allows Ben to Punch him. Or he does it to himself, he whatever Patrick it is. He Patrick Swayze's him. Or he Patrick Swayze's himself, whatever it is, as he says, which is a nice little reference. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think this is also one of the bits where uh, it's like Klaus is sort of going back to being quite childish, like in the scene where he's like, yeah, you're right, I'm sorry. Psych! Psych! <laughs> because he sort of dips back into that, no one's taking me seriously, fine, I'm not going to be serious. And I just want to be, like, not take anything else seriously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this is a good development, which we'll see where it goes. So that's what you think it's going to be, telekinesis. Yes. Not like any other kind or at least, of springing people like... I don't know if it's going to be like explicit telekinesis. I think it's not going to be just that he can make contact with dead people. Mm. I think it's that he's able to give them a physicality. Mm. And the way I would make that link from the kind of like nerdy fandom <laughs> point of view is that his telekinetic abilities from the comics are shown here through him being able to make dead people or their spirits temporarily temporarily physically kind of like present in the, like 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 you said in ghost like where it's like oh if you get enough emotion you can like interact with something and so it looks like telekinesis but actually it's just like dead but it could be either one mm. if that makes sense yeah you could explain it you yeah. could canon it as the telekinesis and then the next scene after this is um Five and Diego and Klaus. Yes. Where I think in actually like I think generally in this episode we sort of see the fact that Vanya is their sister and they do care about her even though they've got like a very weird relationship does come through in this episode more than it has at any other point, I think. I guess because it's like, well, Alison's just been like almost killed. Don't really want that to happen to her as well. I also think what's interesting is, like, I haven't really got many notes on a lot of these kind of in-between mm. linking scenes, but I think you could summarise a lot of them as being interesting insofar as they show the team coming together maybe more explicitly. Like, so far, a lot of them has been, like, very much, even when they've been together, splitting off, not choosing to work together. It's just, oh, I'll go with you then, or I'll do that. Whereas this, for example, they're like, you're coming with us. Yeah. We're doing this together. Whereas before, they would have been like, fine, whatever, you're useless. But, and again, this is another like childish class bit. <laughs> it's like, you can't make me. Nice. Um, yeah, which is great. But um, yeah, I think you're right. It's This is exactly what Hargreaves wanted. <laughs> Maybe not quite in this way. I don't know. But um, Isn't it in his death that did it? No. Although kind of. Uh, instigated it very early on, but his idea was that his death would be a mystery yeah. they would solve as a team. <laughs> Lol. What, what a thing to think. What an arrogant thing to think. <laughs> There's only one of them wanted to solve that mystery. Yeah, so then they go off to find Harold Jenkins. The only bit I'd pull out is 
five just saying Vanya's not important. And every time anything like that happens, I'm just like, <sighs> idiot. He nah, but I agree with him in this. He's not saying that the language, that line alone out of context, Vanya's not important. However, Vanya's not important because she's dead either way unless we stop the apocalypse. No, no, no. I think he's totally right. It's just that because we know as viewers, we're like, but she is. It's her. It's her. You have to find Vanya. Yeah. And it's really frustrating, but I mean, that's what makes... It's also resolved pretty quickly, which I really liked, because a lot of the times these things drag on and on and on, which I suppose this sort of has done over the whole series. I think this episode's a bit of a dragger on, to be honest. I know you do. But we do have the, the most satisfying scene next. The It's very satisfying, but I don't know if it was the best shot. The best shot? Like the best shot scene, the best. I think oh. the, the satisfying moment was room for me on the second watch when I was less sat, when I wasn't like getting the satisfaction as strongly because I'd already seen it. Yeah. And instead I was like, oh man, this looks a bit iffy. I just want to see the like pre special effects version of it. Yeah. I think it would be real enjoyable. Do you know what's nice though? Uh, Leonard uses uh, eco friendly kitchen products. It's good that he cares about the environment and the world. He's got, got a bottle of. Ecos or something. I don't know what it is. Some kind of eco brand in his kitchen in the background. If you know what Ecos is, let us know because we're always on the lookout for eco-friendly brands. <laughs> um, and so in this in this uh, Leonard Vanya scene, we finally have the reveal which we should have had in, or which we we started having in the day that wasn't, where Vanya finds the book and she kind of finally realizes that it's all true. Everything, everything that she had. So again, I'm coming back to some different ideas here on mm. different things, right? As you've said that, I was thinking the day that wasn't. Yeah. Which is the day that Five came back to avert. Yeah. She'd have found the book before she went off the rails. Would she have then been like, oh man, I'm in a weird relationship with this dude I've just met. I'm going to go back and see my family. And she goes, hey guys, I had some like weird thing happen to me. And then Pogo's like, oh, I need to talk to you about this. And she's like, oh, that was terrible. But they're all like, we're going to deal with this. Don't worry. And the apocalypse doesn't happen. But instead, Five averts things. And in doing so, potentially makes stuff worse. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't intentionally like stop that day from happening. No, but his actions but cause he, that day yeah, not to Yeah, exactly. Which is... Ugh. Like, imagine if he'd just come back and then not gathered the whole family together and just gone off on his own and been like, hmm, I'm going to try and find Harold Jenkins. But it's already all been resolved and it's fine. And then we get to this bit where he's like, oh, the apocalypse is over. Cool. But we've moved, we've, we've sidetracked Mia. Soz. <laughs> um, so she finds the book. She realises that he has been manipulating her all along and he's a terrible human. And I love that, like, Leonard, as soon as he sees it, it's just like, you can just almost see in his head. He's like, oh, shit. He's like, I can explain. He gets angry. He has all these arguments where they don't work. Like, his arguments like, oh, they don't trust you, they lie, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, he falls down and then he gets angry. But this is, but this point is, like, the point where she's finally not taking that bullshit anymore. Like, before, it was like, oh, yeah, maybe. That's what I mean. Like, his mask slips, so he gets angry instead. Like, his arguments are like, oh, they don't trust you, they're lying. She's like, nah, nah. And it's like, he gets angry straight away. I did notice one thing in this thing. He says the line, they've seen you in action. Which I thought was interesting choice of language because it sounds like someone talking about like a comic book or a film like are we finally seeing the superhero in action do you know what I mean like when you read like a say like there's a TV show about a superhero or something or like and somebody finally reveals their like powers or whatever mm. it's like 
we finally see Superman in action or yeah. something like that. Like, no one in real life will be like, oh, your family, they've seen you in action. Like, seeing you in action is, in his head, this is still a comic book. Yeah. Like, it shows that, like, they'd be like, your family have seen what you can do or your family saw you do it. It's not, it's, they've seen you in action, which is just the language is very close to something yeah. else. Also, especially because, no, they haven't. Alison saw, but they think she's dead. Also, they... Okay, I didn't get this bit. He says, I'm not the one who tried to kill you. Is he referring to, like, in the past when she was no. a kid? Or is she... What? He's implying that Alison tried to kill her. Yeah. Which is... He doesn't know what happened. Yeah. And he's, like, filling it in in his head as well. He's, yeah. he's, he's as delusional as she is. Because let's be honest, Vanya is delusional in a lot of ways. Yeah. So then... You know, it falls apart, he's angry, blah, 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 blah. But then he gets the book and starts banging it. Yeah. Now, my question here is, was he doing this purely out of anger or was he trying to provoke her into something again? This is my question as well. Why would you try and provoke somebody who you know is dangerous at this point, but they're angry at you for once? I think half of it is, like, just anger and the reaction. And I think half of it is, like, a thought of, like, if I get back to... I need to get back into in control of the situation one by being a dick and saying all these things about how trying to she's weak and pathetic and then two by like these are the things that he's done with her before and he's made her use her power and that is connected to like he, I think to him that connects them in a way like it's a okay but I don't know like it's weird isn't it like you'd, you'd, you'd think just, just leave it just let her go I'm glad he does it though yeah me too because now he dead. He gone. Leonard's dead. Leonard's dead. The creepy man is oh oh dead. You're dead. Do 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 do. You're dead. You flew backwards. Do 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 do. Satisfying but badly shot. <laughs> um, I was like, cause it was a really weird bit, right? For this, when I watched the second time, which I kind of half noticed the first time, which is she lifts him off the ground, and there's like a whirlwind of things going behind him, clearly on the green screen. But there's a couple of times where. So he's in front of the tornado of objects. And there's a few times where he's like, uh, eh, as if he's been hit by things, but he's in front of them. I'm thinking, there are some things flying off and hitting him, but the majority of the stuff is behind him. I No, I think it's that we we don't see the stuff because the camera's above him, so we don't know what's happened. But I think it's like that, that some of the objects, the sharp pointy ones, are coming around and being like, stabby, stab, stab, stab. No, they're all, they all hit him in the chest, though. We see his buddy later on. There's no stabby-stabs in his legs. Unless you mean they're stabbing him now. No, but the, that shot of him there is only, like... No, we see him when he gets stabbed with all the sh- chest things. Yeah, no, I know. But, I mean, bef- I mean bef- well, there's, like, a few bits where, like, happening. glass bits fly off. You see, he's on his face. He, mm. he flicks his head. Mm. He's like, oh, as if he's been hit in the head by oh, something. Right, but he doesn't you. get hit by anything. Yeah. Yeah, I liked, as well, how he was like, no, Vanya, not me. Because he's like, this is exactly what I wanted. Just... For them. I want you to fuck them up. This is the bit where she where she reacts with nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she knows exactly what she's doing, I feel like. Like, I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't. She's in this weird... I don't think like, she does. I don't think she does. But, I think that the power is a separate thing to her. Mm. Not entirely separate. I think the part of it that uses power is a psychopath. Yeah. The child kills maids. It attacks. She gets annoyed, so she, like, shatters loads of glass yeah. on Hargreaves. Now, as a grown she's like... She attacks Alison... In the last episode, and it, it even when even though she reacts with sadness afterwards, the moment of it is very much like I don't care. But when the power happens, she doesn't care, and then now she's like, "You're dead!" Like she just snaps. She goes from being crying and upset to just the moment the power starts, it's like she's sh- completely calm and in control and cold. It's terrifying. 
it's like that thing of like when things when things are too much for her like when it's too much for her to take her brain just switches and it's like how am I going to take over now don't worry we've got this which is really scary just don't don't get on her bad side the point where Leonard started getting angry at her as well though is the point where she's like no I don't need you I need my family I'm I love them they love me yeah and it's he realizes He's not got. He, she's not isolated anymore. She's not alone. She's not. He doesn't have her all to himself. And uh, well, that is his downfall. So it's the end of Leonard, with his stabby stabby chest. So after the demise of Leonard, which no one's sad about, let's be honest, we go to Agnes and Charcha, and this is the bit that we 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 knew was going to happen. And Charcha has caught up with Agnes and. Yeah, but I love how she interests her Hazel. Yeah, she's so sweet and innocent that she's just like no one else could possibly be in here apart from Hazel. But then she's like Hazel left me ages ago. Yeah, I know. She tries to save him. She loves him. Yeah, I know. It's really sweet. And boom. A lovely, uh, lovely place in the sanctuary as well. That's all. Upgrade. You yeah, is that what she gets them? Yeah, I think so. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure either. She's like, you'll never guess what I got us. And it's like, well, if you think he's in this room... Yeah. He knows. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe, like, that's not the upgrade, you know? <laughs> I don't want to... I don't even want to see what wonderfulness the upgrade is. But um, I was very upset with her getting punched in the face. <laughs> Just... It's too much. That's all. <laughs> well, after Cha-Cha punches Agnes... We go back to uh, a scene I don't want to belabor, but it frustrated me a little bit. You know, they find Leonard's dead body. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, but why do this family love messing with murder scenes? Oh, Diego's learned his lesson there. He's like, we should go before the cops get here. But if I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's see what happens if I said touching the dead body. Stop, sir. So, and like, not even in like a like small little touch fully, just, you know, gonna take off this plaster, gonna shove a fake iron. It was disgusting. Um, there's a line I do want to mention here, though, which is kind of like, why don't we find Vanya and just ask her what happened? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, finally, finally, they're gonna start, oh, no, no, they're not. No. That just, just goes to show that Klaus is the best one. Well, yeah. We then go to Grace and Co. in the hospital. Would you, what would you call this place where they are? I've, I've got, like, the hospital, but it's not a hospital. What would you call it? Like the medical, I don't know, like the infirmary or the infirmary. something. Infirmary. The should hospital we call it, wing. Should, I, I, I've called it hospital oh. wing. What do you want to call it? Because we're there a few times in this episode, so what should we call it? I feel like it's not so much a hospital wing. Let's go with infirmary. Infirmary. Okay, so we're back in the infirmary. And, you know, they've managed to, like, save her or whatever. And <sighs> Luther has a pissy moment towards the end. You're the last person I trust. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, okay, I don't care about that. Luther. What I want to focus on for a second is... Grace was like, it's a miracle her carotid artery wasn't severed. I think that's because Vanya didn't want to kill her. Exactly. Same, same, same. That's my note. Um, and so it's this thing of, of Vanya having more control than she realises, and I don't think she ever intended... Yeah, I suppose going back to what you said, she never intended to kill Vanya. She didn't want to be controlled or manipulated anymore. She wanted... She wanted Alison not to use her power and control her and command her what to do. I guess the irony there is she says, she, yeah, she says that she lost control, but mm. the reason she did it was to make sure that she didn't lose control of herself. So true. Ooh. Ooh. But um, yeah, I think it's really interesting that this idea that she's like, I just lost control. But actually we see that. Also, I think it shows 
a sort of we see Vanya losing control and slipping and all these things but to a certain degree she's able to hold on to the things she does care about mm. like the things she actually cares about like her family and stuff even when she's like I don't stop saying this and all that stuff she does actually try on some subconscious level not to do the worst thing she could do yeah maybe that's the or maybe here there's that thing where I'm talking about there's these two personalities that's when she there's still some Vanya there yeah exactly the Vanya's able to pull back from the white violin yeah I was going to say are we going to mention the white violin reference in episode 10 woo (laughs) yeah the only other thing on that scene that I would say is and it's kind of one of those like weird loops but Alison, yeah, like, uh, Vanya didn't kill her, like, straight off the bat, but she would have died if they hadn't got her to Grace to save her. Grace is only there because of Vanya. Mmm, true. Mmm, interesting. What does it mean? It doesn't really mean anything. It's just uh, one of those funny little... Yeah. Funny little things, eh? Well, should we... You know what? What do you want to call Diego, Klaus and Fire? They're doing this a lot together in this episode. The trippy trio. No, no? the the three... (laughs) No, I just call them Diego Class and Five. D. D. K. Five. Five. D. K. Five. Fackered. Cafford. Dufk. The Bros. The Three Brothers. The Tale of the Three Brothers. No. Okay, fine. Um, Diego Class and Five. Okay. You know what? I've spent more time doing that than I did making notes on this scene. Because this scene is an exposition scene, right? Yeah. To a certain degree, it's. Ooh. I'm going to go find her so cha-cha. Fine, Diego, you run off and do that. Yeah. I'm bored of you doing that. Klaus and Five. Oh, you're an addict. Oh, you're an addict. That's one thing we get here is maybe that thing of like Five not knowing what to do with himself. Yeah. I actually think this scene could have probably been cut. Yeah. And you could have had him just sat there at the bar being like later on that bar scene and being like, what do I do now? I'm talking to Dolores and that yeah. thing. That, yeah. Why have they bothered with this scene? Sorry, this I don't mean to like criticize the show a lot, but why have they bothered with this scene? They needed to fill out the episode. Yeah, it's, it's it's a link scene. It's another one of those link scenes. It also, yeah, it is very much a link scene, and it it's just another bit to back up cla- like no one taking class seriously yeah. and his like I'm sober thing. Um, True. You know, class says uh, it feels like forty five years. Isn't that also the amount of time? That's so. five was no. I think it's the amount of time since, since he was the, in since the Nam. war. Okay, I thought it was that, and I feel like it's also the amount of time that five was away. Nineteen seventy four Vietnam. It was nineteen seventy four, right? I feel like it was like sixty eight. No, but nineteen seventy four was when the US withdrawed from Vietnam. Withdrawed. Nineteen seventy four was when the US withdrew from Vietnam. Yeah, it's around nineteen seventy four that it ended. Is that what 45 years is from now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what's working out. It's that point, anyway. Five, when five later returns Dolores, he mentions they spent 23 and a half million minutes together. That works out to almost 45 years. Huh. It's interesting that the end of Vietnam War. Yeah. For thing, and then like, what if, yeah. It's because they're number four and number five. I mean, it's not, it's not. It I, could be. I got excited. Okay, we found way more in this scene than there ever was meant to yeah, be. Yeah, that's what these scenes are for. It's like, I don't know, like let's just write a shit scene and see what two two podcasters make out of it. Well, on that note, <laughs> next... It's not a shit scene, the next one. It's just one I don't care about. <laughs> Luther. You know what? Every time Luther has oh, an episode, she's like, yeah. oh, I've let you down. I haven't done my... this, blah, blah, blah. All right, here's my question with this scene. And I, I know why, but why 
Do people only ever communicate openly and honestly when one of the people in the conversation cannot hear or respond? <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. But I suppose what it is partly is, you know, this is this is for him, not for her. Yeah. This is him admitting what happened to him and ha- what's in his head and, like, sort of accepting it. Um, and Alison is basically just a prop in that, which is kind of shitty. Like, you know, maybe say it to her IRL when she's conscious. And after that, Love it of a scene between the two lovers. <laughs> two we lovers, cut to the, we cut, no, Well, not oh. going to say. We, after the lovey dovey between Alison and Luther, we get the lovey dovey between Five and Dolores. Oh. And again, speaks honestly because she can't respond. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot about Five in his approach to women. He chose the only one that couldn't react to mm. anything ever. Yes. But he, she does in his head. Yeah, that's true. And she does tell him off. She says even more about him. Mmm. Yeah, he talks to Laura as well, whether they start the apocalypse or not. And then Hazel turns up, which is what was weird. You know what? I, as she as it sounds, I kind of wanted that team up moment where they maybe fight some big bad guy like Hazel and Chacha come and join them. It's like, yeah. a, we're fighting together. But anyway, he turns up. He's got the gun out and it's like old habits, which I enjoyed. Like he's like, really I was like holding the gun. I was like, oh God, what's he going to do? I also enjoyed before, like before he knocked, when he knocks on the door though, that Five's like, I'll get it. <laughs> As if Dolores would be like, no, 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 let me. Let me hop off and get that door for you. Um, one of the things I enjoy when Hazel turned up is one of the things he says, which is, not much I can do about the past, which I thought was ironic. Because yeah. he always travels backwards in time to change the past or to stop the past changing. I don't know. It felt inappropriate. For some new time travels to... Does it, it's a question. When they preserve their version of the past, mm. are they changing the past? Because they are, right? They're changing what's actually happening to match what they think should happen or they think should have happened. Yes. Like, if you go back and if the past does one thing and you go back to change it to do a different thing... Then what you think happened... Then you, becomes... you changed it. You changed it to become the thing you But think maybe happened. you only think it before you go back because you went back and changed... I don't know. Oh, it's a weird the... loop. Nah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was funny that there's not much I can do about the past. Yeah. And then Diego fucking rushes in. Oh, just like, he's like mid like, oh yeah, well, and Diego just runs in and kicks him in the back. Kicks him. I thought that was a great entrance. What's with the Parisian music during the fight? I don't know, but I enjoyed it. It's the kind of return of the quite like very violent fight scene with a really light sort of airy music. Very, very violent because Diego, as he starts to lose, I did enjoy it. So Diego's all like flashy kicks and jumping about and then Hazel just starts to crush him. Hmm. She's also uh, Very foreshadowing. Um, but anyway, so then he bites the ear and I had to agree with Five. That's too far, man. <laughs> yeah, I was watching it and I was like, oh, I love how this is where Five draws the line. And then he's like, I draw the line at biting. I was like, yeah, fair, fair. Why is it the biting? Is it because it's a very animal thing? I think it's animal. It's childish. It's 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 un, it's unsophisticated. It's... Oh, Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah. There's also a really, really funny moment um, after Diego says he's going to kill Hazel for what he did to Patch when Hazel kind of, like, looks at Five and he's like, but then he has to stop. He can't talk because, like, Diego rushes at him and it's just, I don't know. There's something really funny about it. I'm going to have to turn it into a gif like I did with Archie from Riverdale Dancing because it just really made me laugh and I rewatched it. I don't know why. I don't know. It's just really funny. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to point out another line in this scene. Yeah. That's all right. 
uh, five's like, oh, he's really happy. He's like, this is the thing. You were the last known unknown left in the, inqu- in the equation. So I don't know if you know the quote this is originally from, where there are three kinds of things. There's the known knowns, yeah. the known unknowns, mm-hmm. and then there are the unknown unknowns. Yeah. And I was thinking, wow, you got rid of the known unknown, but... There's an unknown. unknown yeah. Maybe a cheeky Vanya is an unknown unknown. Cheeky Vanya. <laughs> unknown unknown. Oh, it's a really hard thing to say. But, okay, I also had another question, which is that obviously, like, Hayes and Charter are, like, good at their jobs. They know how to fight and stuff. They're very good assassins. But my question was, are they only actually thought of as really good because their targets are never expecting them and they're usually, like, some poor farmer or something and they're just like, bang, killed you. Like, yeah. whereas the one time that they try and, like, kill someone who's actually expecting them is five and they don't manage it and they keep fucking it. True. I feel like the commission is bullshit. Well. There's one more line in the scene that I liked. I think when we watched it the first time, we both chuckled at, which is when Hazel and five are having this delightful chat about what would have happened if he hadn't time-travelled into the future. And um, he's like, well, what would you have done? He sort of looks around at Diego and he says... I guess I would have grown up to be an emotionally stunted man-child like everyone else around here. Which is hilarious and accurate, but also made me think. That's (laughs) literally what he has. He is a a man in the body of a child who is considered to be, like, pretty heartless and is in love with a mannequin. Yeah. Uh, So, you know... It's genetic. (laughs) (laughs) Except they're not related. Yeah, there's there's something about the Hargreaves. Well, yeah. Sir Hargreaves, that's the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then... We'll come back to this later on, hmm. but Hazel gives five their guns. <laughs> I don't, this doesn't make any sense. Now it's just like, well, now you just have the murder weapon. How yeah. is that going to help you? I don't understand. Yeah, later on, he's literally like, well, that guy just gave you the only thing that can, the, the murder weapons and can clear you. No, now you have two guns in your house. At least one of which is being used to commit a murder you know of. And the other, they've both been used to kill, commit many murders. We're just going to be like... Oh, man, we found the person who did all these murders. It's you. You've got them in your hands. Please at least pick it up with gloves. And I mean... Oh, I no, they're probably going to rub... Hazel fucking... doesn't have DNA. No, they'll rub an eye on it or something. <sighs> they're like, oh, hold on, let me just do something. Let me turn this over and rub an eyeball on this gun before we hand it to anyone. Anyway, ignoring that, Vanya at a flat. On the voicemails. Did you notice how old school her answering machine was? knows how old school everything is in this TV show I know but it's just I I kind of didn't realise it at first time watching and then I was like no one has answering machines like this anymore this is literally from like if if you look this up which I may have done it's like listed as like vintage answering machine or whatever it's like got tapes in it but yeah so she's got three messages and this is a very telling thing of like no one ever she, she never has anyone contacting her apart from the lady the cat lady by the way, cat called Puddles, Mr. Puddles. Rain again. Rain makes oh. puddles. Just all these little things just peppered throughout. It's fun. Bet they enjoyed that one in the writing room. Ooh, where else can we throw this in? Let's call the cat Mr. Puddles. And then the theatre person, and then Alison's message. And I know how you feel about this scene. Why don't you tell the listeners? I actually don't. I changed my mind when I rewatched it. Oh, didn't you? When I first, when I saw you watching it, I was like, oh, man. Tell you what it is. The problem I have, the problem I have with the scene, actually, is that it's very emotionally hitting. Because mm. it's so realistic. Yeah. I think that's the problem with it. It's so realistic that I was a bit like, oh, man, this is a bit much. But then you stop and you think, nah, man, this is what actually happens when people, like, leave shock. Yeah. And it hits them. So I take it back. Especially because I think Alison's message is still really apt for the for where they're at with what's happened. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it's really sad. Also, how grim is that bow, like, with all the blood on it? Also, how grim is it that that's potentially the last thing they have, the mo- the last thing the animal will hear by her, if oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she can't speak anymore. So there's things of her speaking, obviously, like films and stuff, but that's the last recorded thing. Mm. That's the last example of her voice, as far as we can tell. Yeah, that's so true. Is that why she's crying? Because she knew she cut her vocal cords. She's like, this is the last thing ever. No, no she's crying because she thinks she's killed her. Anyway, but, um, back to the infirmary. Oh, all I wrote, I think, for this scene was, here comes Pogo again. Is it really the last of Hargreaves' secrets? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> is it? <laughs> also, God, Luther's the worst person. Like, if you're a woman mm. who, like, you've had your voice taken from you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But then the fact that, like, the person you have to communicate with is fucking Luther. Yeah. Like, you have to write quick enough to get past his fucking ego. <laughs> Sorry, can you stop talking, you twat? Do you remember, like, a couple of episodes ago where we were like, oh, I like Luther in this one? Yeah, when, what, you mean when he was drunk (laughs) and not being himself? Yeah, that was great. Hashtag bring back drunk Luther. (laughs) I think we've already mentioned the next scene. (laughs) After, after, you know, Pogas tells him normal secrets, you just mentioned it. The whole thing is like, oh, they brought your guns. Oh, yeah, 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 with Diego, yeah. So we go back to uh, Diego and Five. I love how like chilled he is with those. Quick question about margaritas. Are they always that bright green? What's going on there? Yeah, they are, I think. Oh, fun. Is it not lime and... It's lime and something. All I know is that the often thing at margarita makers advertised on like shopping channels. I see. They're not normally that green, no. I think it's like a margarita mix is very green. Um... Margarita, for those listening, is tequila, orange liqueur and lime juice. Mm. Actually, sounds quite nice. That sounds much more delicious than I ever thought it was. Yeah. Although, I don't know, only if it's like a good... T- have you ever had... You know when you have a really shit tequila? I don't think I've had a good tequila, but... I know, the bad tequila's bad. You need that lime and salt. Do you like that when we cut back to Diego and he sort of wakes up, he, there's a brief moment of him doing a kind of sexy floor pose by accident? No, I didn't notice like, that. <laughs> they can't see me, you're That's doing okay. the thing. Describe what I'm doing. I'm doing a sexy floor pose. It's a sexy floor pose. It's very... Um, I don't know. You're going to have to find a picture of it. Sprawled across the floor like a lady looking for love. So after that, we have Vanya entering the house. She's come back looking for her family to embrace her, which I guess happens. Man, Luther's a dick. I'm saying it right now. Oh, of course. Let me just, like... Also, he crushes her fledgling trust. Her fledgling trust. That's another one of Josh's. Pause to write down a ridiculous note. <laughs> I think he said he immediately breaks her fledgling trust. Yeah. So like the thing, like, he crushes her. Like, also, why is he crushing her into what a weird fucking thing to do? You'll crush Cru- that girl. Crushing her slowly. What's, what is he doing? What does he also, expect to do? Very, very dangerous, because he's just found out she's got this cray-cray I know, powers. what is he doing? Um, anyway, the point is here, man. This scene is nonsense. Luther instigates. Whatever happens from this point on in the TV show is Luther's fault. It is, yeah. Which is actually something that someone tweeted at us. Eli tweeted at us, maybe last week, being like, have you talked about this thing? And we were like, we've not watched it yet. We don't know what happens. But thank you. But now, now we will talk about it because... Yeah, Luther's just fucked it, basically. But um, he didn't just fuck it here. Here's, he like, a really it. awkward, weird bit where he crushes his sister. This, this bit's really sad, because... So, like, when... 
right, I'm going to go a little bit of media on you and be like, like, you know, Vanya enters the academy and she looks very, very small. Like the camera we, like makes her look very small. She's going in. She's kind of like very vulnerable. This is the, the probably... It comes down silhouetted on in the windows. Yeah. Like, I'm your big brother. I'm here. A big, like, huge, powerful out, character. Yeah. And it could go either way. It could be like, this is a threat or it could be, it's okay, I'm going to protect you. And he plays it as if I'm going to protect you. And this is probably Luther showing the most warmth towards Vanya that we've ever seen. And he he says it's her home. He embraces her. And then he crushes her until she's unconscious. And she's aware of it. Yeah. That's this, this is actually the problem here, right? Is that if he managed to like, if he tranked her or something, it wouldn't be as bad as what happens is he holds her and she breaks down into his arms. Yeah. And then he crushes her. Yeah. Like, if he'd just been like, okay, yeah, oh, there you go, it would be less jarring to her than, oh, I'm safe now, and now I'm dead. And having to suffer through, like, several minutes of, like, I can't breathe, you're hurting me. Especially given what she then says later on, mm-hmm. when she's trapped in that room. Mm-hmm. So, what fuck room? you, Luther. <laughs> what room? I'll tell you what room. The soundproof chamber. Ew. Um, yeah. I didn't notice. So the soundproof chamber's got the foam spikes to make it soundproof whatever but they also make the room very intimidating it's a bit like the chirky yes nice ref um, um, also they're all looking at her from the outside and you hear her screaming inside you go outside completely silent yeah which I think is all the women powerful. at this point have been silenced mm-hmm. fuck you the Umbrella Academy fuck you patriarchy <laughs> so she's all locked up and this is also I think the first time that we see Klaus and Diego really sort of talking about Vanya as their sister and wanting to, like, protect her and empathising with her and standing up for her to Luther, which, I mean, it's it's sad that it comes to this point, but we do see that they're all like, what are you doing? You can't just keep her locked up. And Luther's just using his, like, I'm the leader, I'm in charge, I'm really strong, and I'm going to physically stop you all from doing anything to help her. Yeah, I... Have we had an example yet of Luther being the leader and it not being a bad decision? Uh, no. Don't think we have. Arguably in the day that wasn't. I can't remember. What happens? With no, he goes one? off with Oh, uh, yeah, no, because he finds out about yeah. the moon. Yeah, no, Luther just be bad. You find Klaus sympathising with her because of his newfound power in his whole thing. Like, maybe she's like, it's true though, isn't it? Like, maybe yeah. she's scared of this power. And... He's, he's going through the same sort of experience as her. Mm-hmm. no one else notices that maybe like you know the depth of things that he's saying is at all related to how he might be feeling too and is also really accurate about Vanya because everyone is shit then Alison comes in wants to speak to her but no she's not allowed to do and I thought this in particular was important because she was the one that was hurt yeah. she was the one that was attacked and she's like nah it was my fault let yeah. me speak to her let her out which you said you said earlier about you know Vanya doesn't take uh, responsibility for what happens but Alison takes that on herself she's like no it and, was my fault. And we did say at the time, like, she pulled a weird face and shit. Yeah, we did. And I guess just the way that it, it all built up throughout the whole thing and the... Do you think that some of Luther doing this, that he feels like he failed Alison? Like, there's all that big speech earlier, which we haven't talked about here, but, you know, he's like, oh, I failed you, I wasn't there for you, I went off, I did this, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, he's made up by being a prick. Mm-hmm. And it's really... Also, Alison's just had, like, this you know, life-death experience, <laughs> and and voice surgery, taken from her. got her voice taken from her, and she's still like, you know, Luther's like, you should be in bed. And she's like, no, 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 I've just realised what you're doing. I'm going to get my sister out. And she, despite being probably in a very weakened state, 
not being able to speak and everything. She tries really hard, and Luther's just Luther just pushes her. Back. Do you think and again? It's stopping her, stopping Alison and Vanya from connecting. As I've said this before, but like Diego does it, Luther does it. They always stop her from like going after Vanya. Do you think that uh, Vanya is aware? of Klaus, Diego and Alison all trying to get her out. This is what I was wondering because there is the books. I, was, I don't know, in particular, like you see, you would be able to see them arguing with Luther. Mm. I think maybe the bits where like Luther stops any of them from approaching, but like, I think you could also construe if you're in that state, you could construe it as like, maybe they're coming here to hurt me or like they're chat, they want to, you know, have a go at me or whatever. But I think Alison, I mean, I don't know, maybe she can't see from where she is, but I feel like she could have seen that Alison was trying to get to her and get her out. But I don't know. Yeah. So here we see potentially the cause for whatever happens next is Luther mm-hmm. being a dick. But let, let's go to uh, the Love Nest. Let's go to the Love Nest, the Rain Quail Sanctuary. Do you think, so the Love Nest obviously here in front is Agnes and Hazel's room. Hazel turns up. Is that a jacuzzi, first of all? I think so. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, is she planning on boiling her? Yeah, I don't know. It was really confusing. I was like, is it just a drowning thing or what? Be- because I was thinking, like, like he's reacting as if, like, he can't like, get touch the water at all. Mm. Is Agnes the Wicked Witch of the West? <laughs> Pure water will melt her. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Here's a question, though. How long do you think that uh, Charlton's been waiting there with Agnes, just like oh, holding the story? Like, a conversation. Gonna, he's going to be here soon. I reckon. Yeah, is that like, so uh, what do you do then? Oh, I actually met Donuts. <laughs> oh, yeah, what, what about you? Oh, yeah, I, uh, I travel through time and kill well, people. Think... Oh, that sounds good. Good perks. No, terrible. Yeah, yeah. I think Charlton would either have been like, shut up, you dried up donut whore, or would have been like, you want to know what Hazel's really like? And then like, talked about all the shit he does and what his job was interesting thought i just had there Mm. in my little like skit Mm. (laughs) hazel hates the man and management yeah agnes is an owner a manager of a business Mm, a business that he loves but he falls in love with the the bourgeoisie yeah admittedly the bourgeoisie (laughs) of a working class Ilk, but still, she is a business owner. She's a business owner. Which therefore makes her the enemy of the proletariat, who he effectively represents a lot of the time in his rants. But um, I think this was a return to the great fight scenes of previous episodes. I totally agree. Sunshine, lollipops and rainbows. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, this fight scene was choreographed incredibly. It was so, so good. Yeah. I love how during all the acrobatic fighting stuff, Agnes is just breaking it. Yeah. Like, oh, all of a sudden she's doing it, like she jumps through him, stop, don't hurt him, all that kind of stuff yeah. again. She's worried about him. I was thinking, she came, I'm going to go look at birds, wonderful, I'm going to retire early at last, to being like tied up and all this stuff. Um, Agnes. And yeah, this scene is wonderful, and it's something I was going to say about it, apart from the ending, which is what I wanted to come on to. Well, I think one thing that makes it so good, though, this fight scene is that they don't have their guns, so they have to have, like, this, like, hands-on And you were asking earlier about whether they've got skills or not. Yeah. Clearly they do. Yeah, they've clearly got skills, but, I mean... Like, quite good skills. Um, Yeah, yeah, fair. (laughs) But, yeah, I really love the ending for this. I didn't expect it at all. Yeah, we thought, when we were watching it, we were like, oh, like, it's going to be Hazel, Hazel's going to end up killing her. Like yeah. somehow, like he's gonna knock into her and then she's drowned because she'll drown because of yeah. that. 
but freeze frame again that lovely effect those oh, great shots of agnes and then they're looking at her like oh what yeah yeah i i feel like they should have known that it was the handler when they were like what the hell oh time has stopped we know when this- not necessarily because Maybe they haven't really seen it before have they they saw it no because they they were the ones who got stopped Mm. Um, I also love how quickly uh, maybe like Chacha has something like inkling what's going on because she very quickly stops being violent yes when it freezes she's like what we're trying to still make sure she's like oh yeah back in the game yeah we got our partnership back on the road the handler is back she's alive how do you think she walks with just a scar on her chin man I don't know I don't know if she's real is she human I mean I know she wheeze and she burns her rugi and burns her rugi but I don't know because the commission is weird uh, and they do travel in time but we never saw we saw she was in a room where the grain got thrown in and that was a big explosion but also we do know that they were going to be able to reverse the age body thing of fire so they've obviously got some yeah advanced technology outside of just time travel stuff yeah Hey, and also, who knows, maybe some crazy thing happened when Five blew up the, the briefcase room. And, you know, like, um, in the Ministry of Magic, in mm, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, when, like, all the time turners are, like, going cray-cray. I don't know, maybe it just, like, messes the time in some way. I don't think that's what it is. But, yeah. I don't imagine physical injuries being that much of a problem for the Commission. I feel like given the business yeah they have to be good at dealing with injuries because they probably have a lot of them occur in various mm. ways anyway that's where is that the last scene there is on Shasha in this episode yes yeah it is yeah um, so then basically from now on it's just the Umbrella Academy balls to the wall but we've got like a quick little oh, this like of... I've got another really mopey Luther I don't care mainly because I really loved the montage that follows that unless you've got anything to say about Luther moping you know, and when's Luther moping? He's like, I had to do it. I had to do it oh, what, for the and good then of us all. And then he goes to the montage of like all the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, because yeah. I just, I was like, oh, I had to do it. I had to ignore your wishes. I had to oh, get, get lost, man. I didn't even remember that. Do I haven't one. written it down. Yeah, it's that. At least that. But I love the montage that follows it. One thing that I really love about it is that they're all separate again. Apart from Alison and Luther together and Ben and Klaus are together. Arguably Diego and Mama together, but they're all Grace. still separated by something. Yeah. They're like, so Alison and Luther, like Alison, they, they're not talking. I mean, Alison obviously can't talk, but she's pissed with him because he's been a dick. So there's that between them. Ben and Klaus are like, they, they, they've had Five's this gone. moment, but... Five's off walking through the shop. Yeah, 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 I know. So they're, oh, sorry, they're yeah, all yeah. like separate. Uh, obviously Vanya's on her own. And yeah, Ben and Klaus had this moment and now they can't connect again. What I love is when you first see Klaus doing mm. it on his own and then you see what he's actually doing is he's doing it with... Yeah, yeah. Also, at first I was wondering, like, is it going to be he's actually managing to do it? I think that's why they do it. You first see him doing it, it looks like maybe he's getting it right, mm. but he's not. No. The song, it was this really weird song because it's like a really happy tune for a song about dying young. Mm. And I... In particular, the, the bits of the montage where it overlapped with Vanya crying on her own, where you don't hear her. So you just got this image of this woman locked in a room full of spikes, mm-hmm. with other foam, you know, spikes, um, crying and, you know, terrified as a song about dying young players with a happy tune. Mm-hmm. It was phew, very powerful, I thought, actually. Mm-hmm. I I obviously know why it ended the way it did, and whatever. 
but I would that would have been a really good ending for an episode. That montage yeah. would have actually been a really strong ending for an episode. Not necessarily this one, but that's I don't have any direct issue with this episode in itself, but I feel like it was a weak episode and you could have taken some of the weaker bits out from previous episodes. And I think they wanted to make it a 10-episode series, probably because 10's a round number, but like, a lot of this episode was weak, and I would have loved this to have been the ending for a different episode. Mm. I think my only thing about this montage was it was very strong, went into what I think is a very weak and jarring scene with Five, which I know why it's there, but it was a poorly written scene in a lot of ways. Yeah. Imagine witnessing that in the shop as well. Yeah, and so, yeah, because <laughs> just, just like recapping, you know, it goes into him basically saying goodbye to Dolores. Mm. And that's kind of him moving on from the apocalypse, maybe moving on from her. He says the thing about him growing up. Yeah. Um, but then like that weird like joke, like, oh, make sure you dress that mannequin, get some new clothes. It's like, yeah, I understand. But like, this is a ve- that's a very bad joke and weak short scene following this very powerful montage or with the music and the, the way that... Because, you know, the way you see them all separate. Mm. It's got this as a certain ending and finality to that that works. And then it's just like... Broken with this bad scene to then go into another strong scene. I'm just like... Oh. I know what you mean. I feel like it kind of didn't flow, but I did actually quite... I liked that, like... I liked the she likes sequence comment, mainly because I liked the woman who works at the shop just being like, what the fuck? Like, this is so weird. Also, how they kind of made it look like Dolores had tears in her eyes. Oh, did they? Yeah, I mean, I thought so anyway. Like, the way that the light was kind of shining low, oh. you know... I don't notice these things. You always notice these wonderful things. But yeah, and my me and my other comment about this was, hey, Five, you're back in this department store. How about you pick up some new clothes while you're here? <laughs> That's a good point. Just walk about some of these clothes. You're talking about growing up and moving on. Maybe get out of the... Do you reckon part of it is, though, that he doesn't want to commit to this body? If As long as he's mm. like, it's like he's borrowing the body if he's borrowing his past clothes. That's really, that's a really uh, salient point. We got to big scene now. Yes. Big scene. Yes. Where I think my previous comments in this podcast assume they haven't been edited out about the split personality become appropriate. Because Indeed. she starts having a conversation. She even says us a lot in the conversation. It's, it's not me, it's us. Which often happens in these things, but it's very clear she's having a conversation with another part of her. Yeah, because also, I mean, when, it, when this other young Vanya hallucination kind of appears, also on the other side of the door... Yeah. Particularly notable here. Did point out that young Vanya was the scary one. Yeah. Young Vanya. She had a conversation with the terrifying aspect of her personality. The middle middle Vanya though. It wasn't like it wasn't four year old. I Vanya. thought it was four year old Vanya. No, I think it was. Did that sound like a four year old? No, but sound? I don't think the four year old looked like a four year old. I think it was McGibbon, the young actress who plays Vanya at like tw- like thirteen. Whatever, oh, okay. In the beginning. I might be wrong, but. Don't look it up. It is. It's TJ McGibbon. Okay. So it's middle Vanya. I think. It's middle Vanya. But yeah, like as soon as she appears, old Vanya goes, you're not real. But then she very quickly goes into like, starts talking about like us, we, and it's this clear like manifestation of this, this part of her. Can I just say, brief aside, I'm sorry to break your flow. It's okay. I just mistake. I just mistook the actress. Mm. That's fine. Good work casting for me to not even twig that like, they're diff- like the different actresses for those for that bit because that's some very good like casting of child child actors to maintain that look and character. They did really really well with it. I, I mean I think a lot of it is from the the hair and the fringe. Like it's that iconic like young Vanya look while she's at the academy. But yeah, I agree. It's it was well done. But yeah, 
She justifies her actions. This is the bit where I've been mentioned. Like, she's like, Kenny and Leonard, he lied to us. You attacked Vanya. I lost control. It's always, like, just a thing. Mm. And she's very blank because she says why she did a lot of those things. Like, no, I just did that. It's not me. It's not my fault. Uh, my exact note here was whenever she uses her powers, it is like something evil awakes inside her. Yes. I feel like it is. I feel like it's a very dark power in a lot of ways. It's a very cold, cruel... I don't think it's her. Mm. I think that that shows maybe why Hargus was scared mm. because it is it's not that it's not like the other ones they kind of got powers and they seem to be in control of them to a certain degree whereas it's like when the power happens it's not just that it's a dangerous power it's that it seems to be done with malice a lot of the time the power yeah. we've not seen a single example of this power being used for good for anything even childlike when it's like like apart from maybe a tantrum mm. like you think about a lot of the other ones you've got like I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like... Remember when the, there's the bit in the bank where they stop the bank robbery? Mm. The, their use of powers is often very childish there. Like, it feels very playful and fun when they're yes, doing it. Yeah. Whereas none of Vanya's powers, none of what we see is ever anything remotely playful or fun. It's we- like... I'm going to attack and kill this, this like, person. I'm going to, like, shatter this glass. And even when she's, like, trying to control it to do whatever, she's still reacting badly. Mm. There's almost no... Even, like, when she's an adult... Her powers when she's like, oh, she goes, look, she, she almost kills Leonard with a with her falling branch. It's a very violent power. Very violent. I think it also speaks to, though, the, the thing of the split between her and the rest of the group. For them, even though it was very dark and, like, violent in its own way, it had the, the like, play playful element to it or the, you know, the mm. which is its own kind of fucked up. But this is just, like... Yeah, you're right. It's it's like a cold, violent force rather than kind of anything else. My um my only notes for the end of the scene were Luther, you fucked it, and uh, look at her eyes. Because <laughs> yeah, that's the end so, that we. So we're not gonna like on the, like, the eyes. Mm. I've made many mistakes in previous episodes, assuming that Vanya had fake eyes in the comic. She doesn't, but I do want to draw. It's obviously not good for a podcast, but if you're listening, it's worth pulling up maybe a picture of comic book White Violin Vanya mm-hmm. and this end of episode Vanya, who's effectively White Violin Vanya in the TV show. Because mm-hmm. I did wonder how they were going to do it. Because mm-hmm. I'm still not fully certain how she becomes the White Violin in the comics. I've, I've re-looked at this like scene many times. I've looked over it and it is like they pump black into her. Darkness. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's weird and she turns white and they're like, I don't know if they tattoo things on her or if she becomes a violin. I'm not sure. I did wonder going into this TV show how they were going to try and replicate that. I was worried at first they were going to have a weird surgery scene because the character who's like Leonard but isn't in the comics, he basically does surgery to turn her into the white violin. Yeah, who's the conductor of the orchestra. Mm, it's conductor of the orchestra. Apocalypse suite. But yeah, I would recommend pulling it up for those of you who haven't had a look. But yeah, this this is a pretty scary, scary uh, ending. It is. How would you rate the episode as a whole? I felt I felt like it was half an episode that became a full one. Yeah. I felt like there was a lot of filler in it that just... I don't know. Like, I think when I watched it the first time, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but I, I think... So this is... I had an issue with like this with Endgame, whatever. Yeah. Let's not go into that. But I think sometimes when there are things that you can enjoy it, Especially the first time you watch something. It doesn't mean it's necessarily good, though. Mm. 
I think it was a weak episode. I enjoyed the episode the first time I watched it because it was revealing a lot of things and a lot of things were starting to come to a head. However, if you watch this a second time, for example, and you no longer have that, oh, finally it's come to a head moment because you've been watching along, that impact is lost and you're left with what is actually in a lot of times like a lot of filler scenes. We have like the scene in the shop. So that was a bit weak. Various scenes with Diego, Klaus and Five kind of like talking to each other in places where it kind of adds them to the character, but not a lot for the length of those scenes. You know, the scene in the lounge where Diego throws the knife at Klaus or whatever mm. doesn't add anything that much. It doesn't really add that much to the episode. And watching it a second time, I personally felt those bits dragged. Mm. All of Luther pretty much talking to her like yeah we get it you're sad blah blah I understand that but the second time watching it that didn't give me anything mm. with that in mind I thought it was a bit of, there's too many of those moments there's always going to be those moments but for me this episode had too many moments I was just like oh, okay we're, we're just padding your character a bit here yeah I think especially because it's so close to the end and it feels like I didn't need to know that like Luther the... felt sad again because yeah. I get it he, he blames himself for stuff a lot and he feels like a bad leader I didn't need to have a big scene. Like, it was probably, like, three minutes long, four minutes long, him talking to Alison. Yeah. That's a long scene for him just to be like, I failed, I want to be here, so when you wake up, so you've got someone you can see, but... Because uh, I had to wake up all by myself. Yeah, we don't I care, Luther. Just... Yeah, I mean, it is... It is It is sad, but... <laughs> I don't mean it, like, to be too callous, yeah. but I'm just like... like, Luther also did have, like, a shit time. Let's let's not, like... But, but also, just fuck you, Luther. Yeah, I'm just very anti-Luther after this episode. So, what do you think is going to happen next with, one, Hazel Cha-Cha, the handler, Agnes, that whole thing? I've no idea, you know, on that. I've no idea with that one at all. That one's thrown me. I don't know where it could go. Because it's whether now the handler's turned up, they decide to go join with her still. That's what I would imagine, for example, you know, have the fight between Hazel and Cha-Cha. I think there would have been an interesting bit here where... If instead the handler had found Chacha and Hazel was with the Umbrella Academy when they went to stop whatever the apocalypse is, and then you see the fight between Hazel and Chacha, because it's like, hmm. I'm gonna, I can't let you do this. This is my job. And he's like, no, I've given, I've turned it on the other fight of whatever. It would have been very different. But that's one angle I could have seen for that. In terms of now, the handler's found Hazel and Chacha together. Is she gonna try and make sure the apocalypse still happens, or is this setting up season two? Yeah, I don't know. And I'm. I, I yeah I really have no idea and I'm excited to see where it goes I I wonder how Five is going to come into it I feel like she's going to she's she's got plans for Five one way or another now yeah and um, vengeful like plans I wonder if they will at some point do the like oh here's your normal like oh actually no I was going to say like they're going to have to give Five a different body at some point because he can't stay a kid forever, but he doesn't stay a kid forever. It's just that he's travelled back in the kid body, right? In this one, in the comic books, the he comics, does stay, he, yeah. he stays a kid forever. Yeah, but I don't know. Although they haven't really specified, or have they? I know, I think it's not done, but they haven't specified that he is a kid forever, yeah. whereas in the comics it's very explicit. So that would be too difficult with real people. <laughs> yeah. And what about with... Fanya and the rest of the Umbrella Academy. No, I genuinely... I don't know. It's hard to say. Based on comic book, I don't want to say what my thoughts are mm. in case it spoils it for people who haven't watched episode 10 yet. In case I get it right and it's like, oh, well, I was expecting yeah. that now. So I'm not going to actually comment on it, man. 
Okay. I don't want to risk spoilers. Fair enough. Even though, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. If I predict it and get it right because I've read the comics and I'm kind of... it's That still ruins it for someone who's then, like, waiting for that to happen. It's only fun if someone gives you what they think is going to happen and they get it wrong. Yeah. So if they get it right, you're like, oh, oh I kind of expected that now. Yeah. So I guess that's it. I guess the only way for us to find out is to watch it. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to watch episode 10. We're going to watch it now. Which means that in about a week's time, you're going to listen to our commentary <laughs> on episode 9. But we'll have watched episode 10 for a week. So our Twitter might be episode 10 Yeah, oh my God. Um, so at this point when you're hearing this, please now feel free to send us any of your thoughts about the series as a whole. So that when we record for episode 10, we can bring it all yes. together. That's, that's a good point. Please, when you're listening to this one, remember that the next episode of the podcast is our last. Yes. For now. For now. It's our last, though, as far Until as... Until we get our special guests, Gerard Way and Ellen Page and mm, Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> and Hazel. Archer's name. Yeah. Um, but no, I would like to... Draw this episode to a close so we can watch episode 10. Yes. With the key point that we would like your comments, we'd like your thoughts, we'd like your feelings, because after this next one, you have to wait a while to let us know. You have to wait a while to hear our dulcet tones. We're just going to have all the messages piling up in the inbox. <laughs> hey, we've had messages. Not, not via email. No, please email us. Someone email us, just for fun. Just for fun. It'll be really funny. I'll get really excited. I'll be like, Josh, Josh, someone's emailed us. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yes, and also uh, theories for season two. Yes. Because that is an unknown quantity, really. So, I guess here we go. You yeah. can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BrollyBuddies. You can email us at BrollyBuddies at gmail.com. You can send us a homing pigeon. If you know how to use a homing pigeon. I don't, so fun, have fun with that one. <laughs> Actually, I do know how a homing pigeon works. You can't send us a homing pigeon. <laughs> I think the way a homing pigeon works is you take, to... a, you take a pigeon from your house to somewhere else knowing it will go home. Yes. So you'd have to come to our house, train a pigeon to come to our house regularly, take it home with you, attach your message, and then send it to us. And then we have your pigeon. It's our pigeon now. We win. We've got your pigeon, and you're not getting it back. Um, and that's why we've got social media <laughs> Sorry, and email. Yeah, yeah social media <laughs> and email. So, until next time, and the last time, maybe, for now.